This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. You're locked on Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well, at Locked On Leafs. And uh, if you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. The Toronto Maple Leafs with a big-time victory, 4 to nothing. Jack Campbell, perfect, blanks the Montreal Canadiens, and they take a 3-1 series lead. And to join me about that masterpiece is Brandon Cameron. Brandon, what's up, buddy? Nothing much, buddy. This is a first for me. I usually don't come on after a Leafs win, so this is... A <laughs> That's true. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling hot. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that is true. Usually you come on, you spew some hate after a loss, but hey, man, this was this was a win. This was a, a, a flat-out win. There wasn't a second where the Maple Leafs really fell behind. They came out, you know, the first period, I wouldn't say it was very eventful. It was, it was quite low event, which is fine. But then that second period, again, which is really has been their best period, I would say, through the entire series has been the second period. And they came out firing. Um, so, and then the third, kind of took the, the, the foot off the pedal a little bit, got outshot again, 14-4. to But as we were saying when we were watching it, it more so just Toronto wasn't allowing any anything of any danger shots, no danger opportunities, and they were really just like fluff shots. And Toronto just really tightened up and just allowed Montreal just to kind of throw the puck around the ice as much as they wanted to. And and it's just kind of the way that Toronto holds their leads, and it works. Yeah, well, I mean, that's also kind of the way they played, honestly, pretty much all year. They've kind of proven this season that they can kind of lock down a third period a little bit and play in low-scoring games and not give up all that much, which is kind of something they haven't been able to do, obviously, in the last bunch of years and including in the playoffs and now they're starting to get it done in the playoffs which is honestly awesome to see like i'm i'm very happy today yeah no i mean we're one one game away now from advancing we already know that the the next team that uh whoever wins this series most likely going to be toronto let's be honest is going to be the winnipeg jets so uh that one game will be played on thursday there'll be game five with the leafs a chance to advance on home ice and uh, you also kind of want to get that win because if they do push it to six the the Habs are going to have some fans in the stands which is going to be interesting uh, so just a little bit more incentive for the Buds to end it in five but let's not get ahead of ourselves here let's break down this game that we just saw um, let's do something that we don't normally do and get to the three stars pretty quickly because a lot of what I want to talk about can pretty much be discussed about the gentleman that I I believe will show up in our three stars of the game. So let's start off with your third star, Brandon. So my third star of tonight's game is Jack Campbell. I know he had a shutout, a 32 save shutout, which is very impressive, but I also don't thought, think he had to make any unbelievable saves. Like I, I thought yeah. a lot of his shots against were quite low quality, but again, that said, he was perfect. He didn't let in a single goal. He was awesome. Uh, so he gets the third star for me tonight. 
I don't understand how you have a goalie who gets a shutout, stopped 32, uh, made 32 saves, and you have him as your third star. I thought the 32 shots against were pretty weak. Yeah, That's still, the reason. Like I don't know. That. Like, I thought they were I thought they were generous 32 shots against. I won't be here for the slander. <laughs> All right? Jack Campbell deserves to be higher on that list than he is higher on my list. I'll tell you that right now. Who I had as my third star was Jason Spezza. I thought that Spezza, uh, again, you know, like we've seen many, many times this year, turned the clock back and played a really strong game. A goal, an assist. Um, and, and like that goal that he scored, it was a bouncing puck, a really nice feed from Galchenyuk, who we'll talk about in a moment, but he had a phenomenal game. But a really nice feed from Galchenyuk, bounced off the ice, and he had the hand-eye coordination to turn his blade and redirect it up over Carey Price. He may have gotten a piece of it, but not enough. And, uh, you know, Spezza able to get another goal here for Toronto. And, you know, when their depth is scoring the way that, that they are, this team truly is like, unbeatable and I think that they have maybe one of the deepest crews in the entire NHL and it just bows well going forward so Spezza uh, a really good game out of out of him today kind of turned the clock back a little bit so he is my third star so my second star for uh, tonight's game was Alex Galchenyuk he got a goal and two assists two honestly gorgeous assists like that assist on that Nylander goal yeah yeah, disgusting. We're gonna t- we're gonna talk a little bit more in depth about uh, about that there, but yeah, Galchenyuk was absolutely phenomenal, and I actually for, for myself, I, I put the second line in general. I thought that 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 line, which was newly formed, right, like Kerfoot, Galchenyuk, and uh, William Nylander. I mean, they didn't really play together at all in the regular season, right? Like, Tavares and Nylander were always together. Now, Galchenyuk and Kerfoot have spent time with those guys, and it's not like Nylander hasn't played with either of them. He Mm -hmm. has, but those three together on a line, this was completely new to us, at least. Maybe behind the scenes in practice, they've done some some stuff together, but this was new. And they felt each other out a little bit early in the the first period, but then by the end, you you start to see some nice plays, and then in the second period, things came alive. That goal, that first goal of the hockey game by William Nylander, um, really all three of them in on the goal. Kerfoot brings it in over the over the ice, drops it to Galchenyuk, um, who like backhand, no look passes to Nylander, who roofs it backhand past Carey Price to open up the scoring. And like that line as a whole was just dangerous all night long. They were hungry on pucks, battling in the corners, making, uh, you know, they all had really good looks to, to score as well. Galchenyuk did end up getting a goal rewarded with an empty netter, I guess. Uh, but he finished the night with three points. Kerfoot got an assist. Uh, William Nylander, his goal, now goals in four straight. He scored in each of these games so far here in the playoffs, which is just fantastic. And it's really interesting because, like, Tavares is supposed to be the catalyst of the second line. And yeah. he's gone, and Nylander hasn't skipped a beat. He said, all right, it's time for me to step up, and I'm- he's done that. Yeah, I don't even argue Nylander's look better than he's ever played with Tavares in the last three games without Tavares, <laughs> which is kind of weird to say. But yeah. I think that I think he's looked better. Yeah, definitely. Um, and your first star of the – who could possibly be your first star? So Jack like- Campbell, like Jack Campbell, who had a shutout, was not your first star. You didn't have – well, I guess I guess it could technically be William Nylander, I suppose, could potentially be the first star. It's not. Who could possibly be your first star? So much like you will not have it, the it should Jack be Galchenyuk. Much like you will not have the 
Jack Campbell slander. I will not have the Jason Spezza slander at third star. I love when Jason Spezza scores a goal. There's just something about the way that man scores as a main belief that makes me so unbelievably happy for him. And it, I just love when Jason Spezza scores. He's my He's my hero right now, quite honestly. And uh, it's just something... It, he just tortured me so much when he was in, yeah. in his prime that seeing him score a huge goal for the Maple Leafs, just, it puts it a tier above for me, no well, matter what. He also uh, assisted on the Thornton goal, exactly. which was a nice tip. I also uh, thought he scored that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. We, we watched the game together, so he, you were like, woo, Spezza. I was like, buddy, Jumbo tipped that. But still, <laughs> nice play. Nice pass by Spezza. But uh, yeah, really, really, uh, he did have a, a, a great game. Yeah. Like, don't, don't, I think Spezza had a phenomenal game. Definitely his best of the playoffs. Um, that was a power play goal too, which was really encouraging. But uh, for me, I, I got to get my first start at Jack Campbell, right? Like Jack Campbell, there's a couple of reasons why you look at, okay, he had a shutout. That's awesome. But think about all the question marks we had for this guy coming into the playoffs. Can he perform and live up to expectations that he set for himself in the regular season. So far through the first three games, he certainly did that, and he was better than I think we even anticipated. He was, for sure. He's been insanely consistent and has given this team a chance to win each and every game. And then tonight, playing on night two of a back-to-back, both games on back-to-back nights, can he do this? It's not something that he did all year. He struggled with fatigue for a lot of the season, yet... He still says, I want the net. I want the opportunity to win tonight's game. He takes the net and puts up a donut. How can you not give this man first star, not only for the perseverance to fight through and play in this game, knowing that he hasn't in over a year played on back-to-back nights. His last time was February 20th of 2020. Funny enough, against the Montreal Canadiens. But since then, he has never played in back-to-back nights. And then here in the playoffs in a chance for Toronto to really take a good stranglehold lead on the road, mind you, and he came to ready to play and was just phenomenal. Like you said, I'll, I'll give it to you. He didn't have to make too many like grade-A saves. There wasn't a lot of high danger chances against him, and that's more of a credit to the way that the Leafs play as a whole, and we'll get to that in a moment. But he, he makes all the saves he needs to, which has been kind of the the downfall of Freddie Anderson over the last couple of years in the playoffs. He allows a muffin here and there, and it turns out to be very detrimental. With Campbell, he hasn't done that, and tonight he shut it down and didn't allow anything. Shutout performance, you automatically get number one star here on the Locked on Leafs podcast. Well, my third star comes from... It's not a knock on Jack Campbell as much as it is a knock on the Montreal Canadiens for creating offense when they needed a goal. Like, unbelievably bad. for the record (laughs) (laughs) we will take a quick break when we come back we'll continue breaking down this game we'll get into uh, a little bit more of the the outstanding plays that were made tonight by uh, Galchenyuk we'll talk a little bit about uh, a couple other things that we noticed about tonight and then we'll discuss a little bit what's going on throughout the rest of the playoffs a little later on Uh, a couple of teams have already booked their tickets around two we'll see what else uh, is going around, uh, going on around the league? We'll do all that when we return here on the Lockdown Lease Podcast.
This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting Locker Rooms for Locked On Leafs once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every single day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting a Locker Room on Locked On Leafs. Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS systems. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NHL group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Mike underscore DeStefano when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live each and every week. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Leafs. See you there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. I gotta tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you want to check out. My favorite, Cookies and Cream. It is fantastic. But they also got Caramel Brownie, Cherry Barcia, Carrot Cake, Apple, Almond Crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. These bars are healthy, they're delicious, they're amazing. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease Podcast. Mike DiStefano here, the host of this program. Joining me is Brandon Cameron, good buddy of mine. We sat here watching the game today. Um, a 4 nothing Toronto Maple Leafs victory. And hey, just a reminder, this is a daily Maple Leafs podcast, and since it's the playoffs, you will not want to miss a single episode, so make sure that you are subscribed and be a friend. Tell a friend about Locked on Leafs. Brandon, a uh, couple other things that uh, that really stood out to you for tonight. Yeah, so I, just, I thought the Leafs were locked in pretty much from puck drop again. They were kind of, they've done it pretty much all series. Like, even in, in, I mean, minus game one with the traumatic event that occurred, yeah. like, they've been pretty much locked in the entire time. Like, there's yeah. no denying that. And the second period, once again, they just come out flying, score a bunch of goals, beat Carey Price, prove that they're the better team. That's what they've done nonstop since the start of the playoffs. They proved they're better than Montreal. They're proving that they're better than Montreal, which... I mean, we kind of all suspected in the first place, right? Well, yeah, they they are better than Montreal. They they outshot them fifteen to twelve. Outscored them three to nothing in that second period. And I, I want to chat quickly about the third period because, you know, they got outshot fifteen to two in the third yesterday, and then outshot again fourteen to four in the third period today. But here's something that that I think is is really interesting. And and when you just take a look at the shots and you take a look at, like, zone time, possession metrics, 
I think what you need to account for is is the time in which like all. First of all, you gotta take into account the 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 level of difficulty of shots that are that are being shot toward net. Right. Mm. These are all very low event shots. They're just kind of throwing things at the net, hoping something makes it through. Um, goes off a body, goes off a stick, a skate, you know, a screen, Jack Campbell, and hopefully something finds their way in and they can get some momentum off that and build and try and get back into the game. And I think that's really what they were trying to do. But, you know, the Maple Leafs, they, they, the way that they've played a lot of thirds this year, they just really buckle down and get defensive yeah right they, they they do that to hold the lead they don't allow anyone to get up in the kitchen you got to keep everything to the outside if you want to get a shot off it's a seeing eye shot you're not going to get yourself into the into the slot there's not going to be many rebounds that aren't going to be cleared away by the defensemen um, who are in tight right up in front of the goaltender you're not going to get many bodies out there to even screen the goalie they've done a really good job guys like muzzin of boxing dudes out and making sure that jack jack campbell has a clear sight to all these pucks and i don't think that you know the the shot chart should really be taking taken into account as much as it seems like it did like i see on twitter you look at the last two games outshot 29 to 6 in the third period and oh no they're the third period they're, they're playing so poor they're taking their foot off the pedal but but i i just think that is really at this point in the least wheelhouse and the way that they just you know buckle down and play a good structured game in the third is kind of their recipe to victory at this point once they build a lead yeah no for sure they've done that pretty much all year like i mean minus a few flukes against the senators and a few flukes here and there that have just kind of like happened over the course of 56 games in a regular season right like that's just it's inevitable that things do happen but i mean for the most part the Leafs have proven they're that kind of team they can kind of get it done they can lock it down in the third they can win one goal games and even when they're not winning one goal games, they lose by maybe one goal, right? Yeah. That's just kind of the team that they are at this point, which is uh, far and away a much different team than they were under Mike Babcock. Quite honestly, like it's far and away different. I want to, I want to have a, a quick discussion a little bit more about that second line because. Um, when I chatted about it in my three stars, I kind of gave a, a brief overview. I didn't let you talk too much about them, but I know that you also really liked the way that the, those three played tonight. Um, what were some of the wow plays that, that you specifically can kind of point to and say, wow, those guys had a great night? Well, it's obviously, it starts with the Nylander goal that opened the scoring in the second period, right? Where it's the unbel- like a pretty good breakout play by uh, Kerfoot in the neutral zone there to get it through the puck up to Galchenyuk. I have I have a theory on that also because th- there was there was like I think they could have called for a replay on that one like yeah definitely that one was more reviewable than I think the Sandine one over over the weekend 100%. <laughs> like one one hundred percent it was it, both of us believe that I'm sure you guys listening also probably thought the same thing but I wonder if they were like scared to do that because of how you know, bad of a call they made the other day and and where they were like, you know what, we can't afford, like if it doesn't go our way and the goal stands again and we got to give up another power play and allow them to try and really take hold of this game, maybe we just shouldn't call 
for a review. Let, let's just let it play out and try and, and get back into the game and try and get that goal back. Like, I, I just can't help but feel like that may have been in the back of Ducharme's mind where he's just like, yeah, we could review this, but based on what happened over the weekend, I don't know. For me, though, that's, like, the ultimate loser mentality. Oh, it is. <laughs> Quite honestly, like, if and if, if that did play into account for whether they were going to review it or not, well, that's a really good sign for the Leafs because they're is. in their head, well, right? Well, it, it, it is. And, and, I mean, I, I called the review on the San Diego a desperate move anyways. That was yeah. complete desperation. They knew that they were losing control of that game if that if that goal stands, and that's exactly what happened, that the Leafs took it and ran with it. And I felt tonight kind of similar situation. And I just, like, if you're, why wouldn't you review that play? It seemed like it was very close. And, and that especially was the, in that real was the time. one-nothing goal, too, right? Exactly. That was, that, that's not even, like. That's not like it's, like, four, the four-nothing goal or three-nothing yeah. where it's kind of already in the bag. Like, that's that opens the scoring. That gives that team juice, gave that team life, which it did. They went on to score two more the rest of the period, right? They left the, the they went into the period scoreless, zero zero tie, left the period up three to nothing, and it all started off with that Nylander goal, which I like to refer to that play actually as that unreal Galchenyuk backhand pass. But uh regardless. Um but yeah, I just really, really curious that that was an opportunity to call for a review and that they didn't. Yeah, it was honestly just a much more reviewable play than I would say the goalie interference was yeah. in game two. Like, it just objectively was. I mean, I don't think it was necessarily offside um, because of, I guess they alternate, I guess they altered the rule a little bit a couple of well, years ago. Well, the foot just had to have be your lifted, foot. yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really, I, I did know that, but I, I mean, like, I kind of forget that part all the time. But, uh, I don't think he was outside, but it was definitely much closer yeah. <laughs> to an infraction than goalie interference in game two. There's no denying that. Totally, totally agree. Um, another another player I want to discuss uh, in in tonight's game, and it's really someone who I felt through the series has been a little bit underwhelming to me. That's Zach Hyman. Have you felt the same way? Yeah, I mean Zach Hyman doesn't look 100. percent There's, I, I don't know if there's yeah. anyone who really could think he Zach Hyman's been his full self throughout this entire series so far. Um, and he's I playing guess, a lot. He's yeah, playing a lot. And tonight and he had a couple. Of, he had a couple of chances. Right, he broke up that pass. That that D to D pass went in for a breakaway. Um, and Price made a nice stop on it, and then had an opportunity to kind of seal the deal and get his first goal of the playoffs with the empty with an empty net for whatever reason, decided to shoot it from all the way on the half wall. Could have walked in a little bit, gave himself a better chance, but put that puck wide. Um, I just feel like he hasn't been kind of as as dynamic and and as gritty and and as much of a force as he was when he was really, really hitting his stride at the midway point of the season before he got injured. Yeah, what what I think it is is just he's not like he hasn't really been the first guy in on every play, which he kind of yeah you're right, which which he kind of usually is. Like that's what I noticed in the regular season, at least when Hyman was actually cooking. Like he was always the first guy in the offensive zone. The honestly, the first guy in the defensive zone too. He's the first guy in on any play that I've really noticed. And then he hasn't really been that quite yet, and I can only attribute that to his knee injury slowing him down a little bit still, right? Like, he suffered a pretty major 
knee injury from that knee on Edler. Uh, there's no chance he's 100% healthy from it. So, I mean, it's unfortunate, but I you still have Zach Hyman in your lineup and he's still, he's still Zach Hyman. And I think Zach Hyman is the kind of player that can still be like a, sh- at least a shadow of himself, even if he's not going a hundred percent because he's never going to be the premier scorer in the NHL. He's never going to be a premier scorer on your team. And he doesn't, for the least, he doesn't have to be right. He just needs to be the guy that gives you that effort, which you can still see is there, right? Like Zach Hyman is still, yeah, I mean, he's still, got, he's still he's, working his ass his off. motors, his motor's still running. Yeah. He's just not just a little slower. It's, it's, it's he's a little slower, and it just doesn't seem like he's revving it as hard. Like, yeah. you know, and, and, and on the other side, too, Brendan Gallagher, we, we noticed at one point, um, he doesn't look right either, right, no. for, for Montreal. And, and, and that's a that's bad news, Bears, if you're the Habs. I mean, that guy's your heart and soul. He's one of the, the best offensive threats that they have. A team that's already offensively challenged as is. Clearly, I mean, they're, they're kind of... Well, they didn't score at all tonight. They got one goal the other night, and and the one game that they won, they were only able to to muster up two. They haven't been able to score more than two goals in any of these four games. So uh, they're offensively challenged, and they're one of their best threats is clearly still uh, hampered with that injury that cost him the whole final six or seven weeks of the season. And he, he just seems so dog tired tonight. I don't think he played a lot of minutes. I saw. Um, I quickly take a look now, but I know that like midway through the third period, he only had played 13 minutes, which for a guy like Gallagher, yeah, only played 15 minutes today. Ooh. So that's not a lot for a guy like Gallagher, someone who you're, you're, he's one of your top players. You're usually going to try and ride him in the, in the 20 minute range. And clearly he's not hundred percent either, which is definitely hampering Montreal on the offensive side. You can see it on his face, too. Yeah. Like just, like, his facial expressions, even on the bench, after any offensive chance, after anything that happens, you can just see him, like, physically, like, he just looks defeated. Yeah. Like, he looks he's, defeated. He looks... He's hurt. He's hurt. Like, you... <laughs> that's the sign of a guy who is not having... That, honestly, Brendan Gallagher is a guy who is down bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, something really interesting too that I'm just quickly taking a peek at all the, the, the ice time tonight and, uh, Matthews didn't quite get as much as usual or less than 18 minutes of ice time for Austin Matthews. So like what it seemed like for Toronto is they really kind of spread the time out a little bit here more than they usually do. Like the fourth line, it really was only getting like eight, nine minutes ish throughout the, the, the playoffs so far up to 11 minutes, 12 minutes uh, a night for guys like Wayne Simmons and, and Adam Brooks, Joe Thornton, up over 11 minutes as well. Um, surprisingly, Galchenyuk, for as dynamic as a game that he had, 12 minutes, 24 seconds. That's it's a noticeable 12 minutes. Dude, that is a noticeable 12 minutes. I could have, I could have sworn he was out there for at least 15. Like every time he was on the ice, it seemed like he was doing something positive, whether it was, you know, battling for pucks, um, you know, for checking hard, making unbelievable passes, um, which created two goals, ended up scoring, uh, you know, the empty netter getting, which I believe whenever I see somebody score an empty netter, I always just, I don't know if it's just me, but I always assume that it's kind of a reward for a good game. 
Yeah, well, I, I actually think the same thing, to be yeah. honest, exactly. Like, a, every time there's, like, a player in the in a game who has, like, two goals or is having, like, a crazy game or a bunch of points or something, it's always that guy who finds the empty netter. Like, it's, it, I, I just assume it's kind of a, I assume it's an instinctful thing on the ice where you're like, let's get that guy the extra point, let's get that guy the extra goal, let's get that guy the extra thing, because he deserves it. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally agree. Um, anything else? really stick out to you in uh in tonight's win here brandon beyond jack campbell out dueling carrie price honestly i would say yet again like yeah. I, I like i know carrie price has been carrie price of old sort of but he still had a couple games where he'd given up a lot of goals like he gave up four in game two yeah he gave up three tonight was what which would you say tonight or or saturday night was the worst game out of carrie price Saturday night, he gave up four goals on Saturday night, did he not? He did, but I felt like a couple of the goals that, that were scored tonight, like he just wasn't 100%, and I think it was just fatigue from playing the night before. Because keep in mind, Carey Price, although we, we were all worried about Jack Campbell going into tonight, Carey Price also missed like the back like month or so of the season, and he's been just thrown right into the playoffs, and he's played great. He's played fantastic. He's given Montreal a chance to win almost every single game. Um, unfortunately, they just can't beat Jack Campbell. But, uh, well, fortunately, I guess for, for Leaf fans, but unfortunately for Carey Price. But tonight, it just seemed like he was getting a piece of things, but wasn't fully getting to them, which leads me to believe that there was a little bit of fatigue there. Like, he got a piece of uh, the Nylander goal. He got a piece of the yeah. Thornton goal, right? But he just wasn't fully in position. And yeah, I just, I, I feel like that was probably due to the fact that he was fatigued from playing the night before, knowing that he hasn't played a lot of hockey or, and isn't as conditioned as maybe you would hope that somebody would be at this point in the season. Cause he missed like the whole last month of the year. Yeah, well, I, I, the thing is, I would challenge that with Carey Price makes ten and a half million dollars, and Jack Campbell <laughs> makes one point six five for I, the Maple Leafs. I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying it as an excuse. I'm just I'm I'm just making a commentary comment yeah. on on you know. No, it's I, a fair assessment, honestly. Yeah, right. Like, it's but, fair. But Jack Campbell, like like I said, this guy he he checked that box off, and he just keeps checking off boxes. He's from the minute he got here in Toronto, he's just been checking off boxes. Can he be Campbell? Can he be Anderson's number two? Is this a, you know a future number two, someone who we can rely on as a backup to give Anderson some more rest? He checked that box last year when he came in right away and won games and played well. He checked off that box. And he this stole his year, job. Then this year, you know, can he be a tandem? When, you know, this season he checked off that box. Can he be a starter? Because early in the year we were all worried about whether or not this guy was going to be able to play multiple games in a row because he would play two and then he would get fatigued or then he got injured and, 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 you know, missed extended time. He never really strung together, you know, a few weeks of games in a row, let alone back-to-back nights. And he's done nothing over the course of the last couple of months but just keep checking off boxes. And tonight, to post a shutout on night two of a back-to-back is just another accomplishment on this guy's resume. He really has been the best goaltender, in my opinion, that the Maple Leafs have had since Eddie Belfour. Like, I, 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 I'm ready to probably say that. I don't even I, think that's debatable. It's it's only <laughs> debatable because it's a short sample. It's, it's a small sample size, right? But like, I think Jack Campbell in these four games has done more... I mean, in general. I'm not, I'm, any, and then any goalie I've seen the least played. I'm not even talking about 
I'm not even talking about just playoffs, like regular season even, like like any goaltender who has played since like the 05-06 lockout, basically. Jack Campbell has given the Leafs the best chance to win on a nightly basis than anyone else who's been between that pipes for that organization. Freddie Anderson was a really good goalie. He's had a good career, and he was good for Toronto. But he was never really great. No. And what Campbell has done this year has been great, and it's been consistent. And consistency is really hard to find in the NHL. Yeah. Really hard to find. And that's exactly what Campbell's giving you, and it's giving you a chance to win each and every night. 100%. I cannot debate that. That's <laughs> really well said, my man. Rant ended. <laughs> and that is why he is the first star of the game. I'm sorry. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right, we'll take one more quick break. When we come back, we'll get uh, we'll get to some around-the-league stories and see what's going on around the rest of the NHL playoffs. We know we got a couple of teams going through. got a couple of teams still battling out. We'll discuss all that next. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. The NHL playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign in today. Use a promo code LOCKEDON and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 50% off your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked on Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano here, the host of Locked on Leafs, the only daily Maple Leafs podcast in all the land. So make sure to subscribe for that daily Leafs content directly to your phone. Um, Brandon Cameron alongside me here. Uh, we're going to put this game in the past now. Leafs win it 4 nothing. Hip, hip, hooray. Let's go up 3-1. But let's quickly chat about what's going on around the league. So uh, a couple of teams have already booked their tickets through to the second round. So the Colorado Avalanche have gone through. The Winnipeg Jets last night in a thriller, triple overtime, beat McDavid and the Oilers, sweep them, and have gone through. The Boston Bruins have gone through. Um, what sticks out to you about those three series uh, the most, I, I, I would I guess? Well, I guess the most significant, I, I think it probably is, I don't even really think it's up for debate, it's McDavid getting swept in the first round, yeah. right? Like, that could, there's no worse thing for the NHL than having a player like Connor McDavid out of the playoffs in four games straight. I guess five if you count triple overtime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess five if you count triple overtime, but like, you obviously no one really wants to see that the guy just should be playing in the playoffs in the most important time of the year, right? And the problem is, his team sucks. <laughs> yeah, they didn't play well. They well, you know what though, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to walk back that comment because I'm not gonna. well, hold on, because it's not that they didn't play well because they actually did. Like they actually did play really well. Um, well, not like really well, but they were they were a good team. They, 
it was an even series. Like, despite being a sweep, it may have been the most even sweep you could ever see. The parity in the NHL is crazy. One crazy bounce, and, like, all of a sudden, things are way different. So, it was a 2-1 game in Game 1, and then all of a sudden, a couple empty netters, it's 4-1. Okay, and then three straight overtimes in Games 2, 3, and 4. So, basically, every single one of those games were one-goal games, where one bounce changes everything in each of those games. So it's not that Edmonton sucked. Like it's, they they were they were they were good, but they just didn't have the depth to withstand the Jets. And at the end of the day, goaltending is key. If if there's anything that Leaf fans know is how key goaltending is, and Connor Hellebuck was the better goaltender in each and every one of those games. Hundred percent. I mean, and also Connor Hellebuck's just one of the best goalies in the NHL in general, anyways. Like, he's, I don't know how, he's not on anyone's top three list. He's obviously top three. I would even challenge him being top one. Like, for me, it's him and Vasilevsky are the two best goalies in the entire league. So, I mean, Mike Smith is not really up to snub. Like, I know Mike Smith had a really good year, and I know that he worked his butt off, and he got some wins, and he tried his best, but, I mean, he's still Mike Smith going up against the second at minimum best goalie in the NHL for me and that guy won for me it was also like the reverse Winnipeg Jets from a couple years ago I don't know if you remember their playoff series against the Ducks where they got swept I think it was 2017 or 2016 they got swept by the Ducks yeah yeah. but it was pretty much the exact same way that the Oilers just got swept by the Jets yeah it was really close it was pretty pretty much the same thing that happened to the Oilers which to be fair they were close games they were doing all that stuff but at the end of the day, the Oilers didn't get it done. They blew a 4-1 lead in a game where they could have locked in the series. That one they bites. did the Leafs. They did they re- they <laughs> did what the Leafs have done. So I have no I have no sympathy for those guys. I've gone through it. I've gone through the torture. They had to deal with the flack. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like I I they don't get my sympathy. They never will. I know what it's like. It sucks, but they get to be the butt end of the joke for a little bit. That's just where where I'm at. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, it's it's you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about one of the other series that that are over here. Boston and Washington ended in five. Boston moving on four to one. Were you surprised? I I always thought that Boston was going to win the series, but I thought that that was going to be a seven gamer. And unlike Winnipeg and uh, Edmonton. Boston actually won that one four of those games. Like yeah. Boston, I want I don't want to say surprisingly because I anticipated it, but Boston really was the better team, and like really beat up on 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 Washington, but did a lot more than I anticipated. No, I know, and I think I think something like that on the Capitals is going to really like alter their off season, well, and it's going to alter like. Really important things for their franchise, to be honest with you. Well, now there's a bunch of people because technically Ovi is a free agent. I mean, I think he'll resign. Yes, but there are some people out there saying, oh, Vetchkin's a free agent by getting ousted in five. Does that mean that, you know, their Stanley Cup window was closed and he's going to want to go elsewhere to win? No, he's going to stick around in D.C. And and I think that team is, is still young enough and has a lot of young core pieces 
where they can still make a push and, and their their cup window is not closed. What I so. actually think happens there though is I think that puts Kuznetsov on the market. I, I don't see how Kuznetsov comes back to Washington after what well, the disaster he's personally created in Washington, right? Yeah, that, that that's like just he was a, personally a, responsible for that. That's a yeah, it's a that's a, that's a bit of a different uh <laughs> yeah different story there. All right. Um don't need to spend much time on Colorado, obviously, because I think we the all most predictable sweep of all time. Exactly, they <laughs> they're just they're 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 really good, like really good. That's that's kind of one of my picks to come out of the final four. Um, so some think that Vegas is, is going to beat them in round two. I mean, to each their own. But I, I, that's who I have. That's who I have representing the Stanley in, in being represented in the Stanley Cup final. I'd rather um, Vegas. But I think it's going to be Colorado. I'd rather Vegas come out. Well, let's let's get to Vegas because that's a little bit more of an interesting series here between them and the Minnesota Wild. Um, what is it? 3-2. Uh, the Wild stave off elimination last night mm-hmm. and have pushed it to 3-2. So going to a game six in Minnesota. Are you surprised by this, but that Minnesota's putting up this big of a fight? No, I like Minnesota. I think they're, they're a little scrappy little bunch, man. They score some goals. They... They, they've really, like, actually kind of adapted to the modern NHL after being kind of a weird team the last couple of years, missing the playoffs and doing some weird stuff. And they brought in Kaprizov, who I actually – I was not very high on Kaprizov before he came into the NHL, I will say. Wow. But he has definitely proved me wrong. <laughs> I, 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 like, I think I've said this on the podcast, but, like, I, I like Minnesota. Like, they're one of those teams – there's a lot of players – you know, Caprizov is one of those guys. Kevin Fiala, I think, is a great player. I love watching him. Um, you know, he's he's fantastic. They got a couple of young uh, a young goaltender, Capo Kakinen. I've been a Dumba fan for a long time. You know, uh, Jonas Brodeen is a pretty solid defenseman. Spurgeon, I know you're a Spurgeon guy. I'm a Spurgeon like, guy. They've just got a lot of really good players, and, and they're playing really well. Dean Evison's got this team really gelling and they had a great season bill garen went out made some nice improvements ryan hartman was a really good kind of under the radar signing that they made who's right now really having himself a heck of a playoffs like he's turning into to to he's their number one quite the guy yeah sort of like i i think it's i would he may be playing on the top line i wouldn't say he's like their best centerman but like he's playing in their top six which is something that i don't think anyone anticipated when he signed there he hasn't really been he hasn't lived up to the billing of i believe he was a first round pick like a couple of like many years ago i think he was the first round from chicago yeah and he just didn't live up to the billing. Ended up in, in, I think, Nashville for a little bit, Philly for a little bit, and then finally he's landed here in Minnesota. Didn't have, like, a spectacular uh, spectacular regular season, but he's one of those guys who, who's got an edge to him, can play a, a decent two-way game, and those are the players who kind of step up in the playoffs. So Hartman, I think, has been a nice uh, addition to this team. Zuccarello as well. Matt Zuccarello. A, a great, great point there. He's been a, a really solid addition as well. So they've done some really good things. Uh, I like the the makeup of this roster, and I am not shocked either that Minnesota is making a, a series out of this. I I always thought that it was going to be imperative for Colorado as they were going down the stretch for them to try and win out and try and win the division, and ultimately they did, and then they ended up winning the uh, Presidents Trophy. But more so. 
so that they can take on St. Louis instead of Minnesota because that was going to be a tough matchup. And now Vegas has to get beat up by Minnesota here, and it's going to be tough for them um, if they end up coming out and having to play Colorado, who's going to be nice and refreshed. Meanwhile, Vegas, tough series against the Wild. Uh, all right, a couple more we'll quickly discuss. Um, give me a kind of a, a one sentence uh, about, maybe two sentences, about Pittsburgh and the Islanders. Tristan Jari sucks. That's literally all you need to say. He's cost them. He's cost them in this series. He's cost them two games. If it wasn't for Tristan, if Tristan Jari was gave them, I would say playoff average goaltending. Playoff average goaltending. Um, they would probably have won this series by now four one. Is that a spot where Freddie Anderson would consider signing next year? You know what? That's interesting. I, I didn't. I honestly that just came to me now, but I feel like that is kind of yeah. a reasonable spot. That is interesting. That is interesting. Um, we'll see if they can make it work cap wise, but definitely can, I don't know if they're going to give up on Jari so quickly, but maybe he's cost them like literally two games against the Islanders. And last year he didn't play too hot in the playoffs either. No. Against Montreal. You're right. That that's, that's interesting. I mean, that's, that's a long ways away, but that's a, a possible destination for Freddie. Uh, the battle of Florida. The what I am I I like to call the tax free tussle. Um, are you surprised that this has gone to six games? Because this one I kind of am. <laughs> uh, I honestly no. I honestly think this is probably the best series I've ever seen. Game- it's like up there. Like this, the, the Tampa Florida series have been yeah unbelievable. Like the fans are into it. The games are so aggressive. There's so much animosity between these two teams. Like it's actually been. One of the best series I've ever watched in my lifetime, honestly. Game one was maybe one of the best hockey games I've ever watched. Like most yeah. entertaining hockey games. There was there was goals, there was hits, there was fights, there was there was everything in that game. There was back and forth, um, you know, tilts Six, on each five side. Final, Six overtime. five final went to uh, 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 no, it no, was it's regulation. Late. They scored in the last like minute or two. Brain points yeah. scored with like a, a buck thirty left or something. Might as like well that. have been overtime though. Exactly, and and that was just a great game and. Um, but I, I am like like Florida, I I just going into the season I wasn't high on them. They lost Hoffman, they lost they lost uh, uh, Dodonov. You know they replaced him with guys like uh, Carter Veraghi at who at the time we didn't know was going to turn out to be a, a great top six player. Um, they lost. They added like Anthony Duclair, Mason Marchment, Mason Marchment uh, who. The Leafs traded to him a year ago. Who scored a goal uh, last night. Nothing. Actually, he's got a couple of goals in the in the playoffs so far for them. But the interesting thing when it comes to Florida to me is the way that uh, Joel Quenville is just handling the goalie situation. Three goalies in one playoff series is literally insane, and I can't believe it's working out. But I honestly am here for it. Like it's, that's such good entertainment to me. That's why I love this series so much. It's so compelling. Every it, single aspect of it. It is, and and that's like it's it's unheard of. Three goal, and it's not due to injury. You get injuries. <laughs> I I'm, know. I'm sure there's been injuries where you've had three goalies. I think actually last year the Colorado Avalanche had three goalies when they lost to Dallas. Right? They started off with with Grubauer who got hurt, then they had to go to like Hunter Fran- Miska or no, Francis, and then. <laughs> Ended up being our boy Michael Hutch. Exactly. So you know, it's it's not that it's never happened, but that was just like they were forced to go down the line with their backup, and then their backups backup, and then their backups backup backup. Um, where here they're just like, 
All right. Rowski we'll sucks. Drager sucks. <laughs> Let's try this new guy. <laughs> and and Spencer Knight has an unbelievable playoff debut. Allowed a one goal, and it was on the first shot of the hockey game, and then didn't allow anything. Shut the door after that. Unbelievable. And, like, and this is the Tampa Bay Lightning, the, the, I know. the reigning champions. You've got Kucherov, Stamkos. You've got Kalorn, who's who's having a great playoff this year. Braden Point, who's unbelievable. Like Tampa has scored a lot of goals on Florida throughout the series, but last night they did not, and that's because Spencer Knight was unbelievable. So um, that's that's really uh, that is a, a a great series. Oh yeah, and I, I hope it goes to seven. Um, you know, tomorrow we got uh, Game Six in Tampa with them a chance to to win uh in in game six all right the last series to chat about here we've talked about everything else i believe right it's the last series carolina nashville yeah i think this is the only one we haven't touched on yeah i think we touched on all the other ones and um carolina actually just won as we sit here and record they just won the game in overtime jordan stall so carolina now leading that series three games to two and they'll be heading to I think Nashville. No, they should be heading to. Uh, yeah, they'll be no, heading to Nashville. Nashville. Yeah, for Game Six um, on Wednesday. No, Thursday. Thursday. So, uh, I, thoughts on this one? Honestly, this is probably the hardest series for me to predict because I like there's so many variations of way, the ways it could have played out. Like I could have, like Carolina could have swept them, and I wouldn't have been surprised. This game could go six. Not overly surprised. The series could go seven after another Nashville win. Like, that also wouldn't surprise me. Like, it, this is... Maybe I'm just not educated on Nashville and Carolina enough. It's Like, that also might be it. But, like, anything could happen in this series, which wouldn't surprise me. Well, I think it's interesting because, like, a couple of guys here in Canada, we didn't watch a lot of these teams. Like, we may have caught a couple games yeah. here and there. But we didn't watch a lot of them through the regular season. And... You know, Carolina had an unbelievable year. I know that you and I both have some some guys on on Carolina who we like a lot. Sebastian Ajo, Sveshnikov, you know, Jacob Slavin. Uh, you know, there's there's a long list of players that uh, we really like and think that are great players on that team. Tara Vine and another one of those Nickash. players. Yeah, we'll just keep naming off guys. I here. love the Hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> just love that team. Um, but yeah, here, here they are up three to two, a chance to advance. And I think if they lost this series though, which I mean, this game went to overtime, if they would have lost today and now going back to Nashville down three, two, imagine they lose that one and they get ousted in six in round one, that would have been a big disappointment because Carolina is a team who I really like, like, I think that they're a, a solid squad. They're really well-rounded. They've got offense. They've got defense. This kid, Alex Delkovich, is giving them fantastic goaltending. Former Niagara boy played for uh, played for the the Ice Dogs. The Ice Dogs. Thank you very much. No um, <laughs> but uh, luckily, able to get the win, and uh, now just one win away from moving on to round two, where they're gonna have to play the whoever comes out of that Florida Tampa series. So. I'll say this, the East, which got goofed on a lot, especially once they said like what the, uh, what the divisions were going to be like when they, they did the realignments, a lot of people goofed on the East. They're like, yeah. this is just trash. Like there's basically Carolina, Tampa, and that's it. That's not the East. That's the 
I don't, it's the East is the Boston Division. Central, that, sorry, Central. Central, that's sorry. What I yeah. honestly forgot what it was called, too, to be honest. You're right. The Central, <laughs> the Central. And he got goofed on, right? And now all of a sudden, um, these are like the two of the tightest series that we have. They're also the best ones. They've yeah. been the best ones. Every other, like, honestly, what one hasn't been a blowout besides, I guess, the Islanders well, in Pittsburgh, but... The crowds have been fantastic for yeah. both of these, right? Like, in Florida, it's, I mean, pff, balls to the walls. Everything is open. Let's go. Like, they're packed. Let's go. They're screaming. It's fantastic. And then Carolina was absolutely, like, just crazy out there. It's so loud. And then Nashville, they're having parties now out on the streets and, and in the building. They're packing the place. It's really been great, and if there's one thing that I guess we can kind of finish up on here as we get to the end of this conversation is how impactful fans really are to the game and how much energy they give the players and how much it it, it gives the game itself. Like, these games down south, especially the first couple, because it was just so jarring to us who really just watched the Canadian teams in the North Division all I year. It was it was great. It was so fun to watch. It it gave the 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 arena life, the players life, and it was just fantastic. And hopefully, um, we're trending in the right direction where, mm-hmm. you know, we can get some of this stuff here in Canada. If not, maybe by the the, the final four, if who whichever team ends up getting into the final four, maybe they can open it up. I know that Montreal. If they can push it to a game six, they're going to open it up to 2,500 people. It's not a whole lot. It's not going to make a massive noise, something. but it's it's something, right? It's something. And I, I think that um, we've underestimated it. I have, at least. I guess I won't put words in anyone else's mouth, but I underestimated how much fans meant to the game, um, and it really was proven how wrong I was by watching the first few games here in the playoffs. For sure. Like, honestly, even just, like, watching the Canadian games in the playoffs compared to the American games in the playoffs, like, as a diehard Leafs fan, as a person who loves the Leafs, who watches them nonstop, like, they've kind of made me a little sad. Like, just, it, like, it just honestly upsets me a little bit to look into the crowd again and see no fans. Like, knowing what it's like to have a real hockey game with real fans going crazy, people going nuts, people doing crazy stuff for their fans, like, that's what you look for right and that's just kind of not there and it kind of bums me out like it just kind of does yeah yeah totally totally agree all right um so the leafs one of the few teams still remaining here in round one uh as they still are entangled in a original six battle with the montreal canadians but game five will be going down that'll be thursday night um make sure that you Come back to the Locked On These Podcasts as I'll be previewing that game uh, and getting you set for that one. Uh, but that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. You can follow Brandon at B underscore Cameron 222. Why did you 222? Curious. I don't know. It's the first three numbers I thought of. <laughs> oh, I thought you were just a massive like Zach Bogosian fan. No, I don't. I, I like Bogosian, but I mean, I'm not. No, <laughs> it's the least podcast. You could have said yes. Yes, I, I love am. Zach Bogosian. Thank you. Thank you. All right, we're gonna end this thing here, Brandon. Thanks so much for joining me as usual. Thanks, buddy. 
Uh, I'll be back with another episode tomorrow, guys. We'll be previewing the game between the Leafs and the Habs with Toronto a chance to book their ticket into round two, and they'll be taking on the Winnipeg Jets if that is the case. Uh, So make sure that you do subscribe to the podcast and come back for that episode. Uh, Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.